Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the 8 O'Clock Spot live here on the Grit Network's YouTube channel and Twitter account. It is episode 26. I am your host slash judge slash moderator, Bryson Carver. Very excited to be with you on a jam-packed NFL and NBA loaded show on tap the 8 O'Clock Spot. We got three fantastic panelists. We're going to start with the return of a multi-time previous champion. It is the host of the All Even Podcast and the co-founder of the Grit Network. It is Barry Grant Jr. Barry, my friend, how are you doing? Your return back to the 8 O'Clock Spot. You know, it feels good to come back to the show that I actually created. Um, sometimes you have to look at things like Thanos, right? Like when you when you seen things going off the rails and you don't like how things are going, you have to come back and do it yourself. So I didn't like what's going on at the top of the leaderboard. I don't like the fact that Alfred is anywhere near the top. So I had to figure out a way to get back on here and get that snap. Mr. 13 million is here. So I'm in the building, man. I'm ready to cause some damage tonight. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to listen. I don't watch professional wrestling to save my life, but it's going to be WrestleMania up in here uh, on the eight o'clock spot. Our next uh, guest has been on the a couple of times in the past in the eight o'clock spot is EJ Savage of Boys in the Zone here on the Grid Network. EJ, my man, how you doing tonight? Doing good, man. I got two uh, former champs here in Alfred and Barry Grant Jr., um, I've never even made it to the finals, I don't believe. So I got to do something here right tonight um, that I haven't done in the past, man. I'm, I'm ready. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to maybe potentially somebody getting their first 8 o'clock spot championship. The competition is tough, but EJ, I know you are more capable of dethroning. And finally, the defending champion from last week and a man who's taken a lot of a lot of trash talk from, from Tim last week, from Barry tonight, and seemingly from a lot of the network. I got your back uh, on that one, uh, Alfred Parsar Jr., on your win last week. How are you doing tonight? Isn't it funny how the guy who's not an on-air personality is second all-time in points? I'm just the graphics guy. I'm a background guy, but uh, I'm, I'm coming for that number one spot, man. You, you, you're you're Nick Folzing uh, the the joint, uh, so to speak, right? You're, you're, you're causing you're causing havoc. You're causing chaos up in the eight o'clock spot uh, leaderboard. No question about it. Uh, see, we got a comment. You've already got a supporter up here in the comments. Our guy Patrick Brown says that the shenanigans are back. Let's go, Barry. Shout out to Patrick Brown of the Grid Network. Write some fantastic stuff for our website. Before we get into any of our rules, any of our topics, and whatnot, let's look at our leaderboard right now. And I mentioned Alfred Parso Jr. in second. Mike Guido, pretty sizable lead at over seventy thousand points. He competed last week followed by there's alfred dalton brown there's barry grant jr devin nettles john rivera dylan lima adam bessie ryan flowers anthony bessie tim barnard uh alex johnson ej savage right there and eric van letten at the bottom of the eight o'clock spot leaderboard let's look at our first round rules before we get into our first topic it's pretty simple ladies and gentlemen the first uh great take gives you 200 points an okay take, a good take rather, gives you 100 points. An okay take gives you 50. And a bad take, you come home empty-handed with zero points. Let's talk about what was a pretty disastrous all-star game between the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. I'm not quite sure why they brought that format back, neither here nor there. The East mollywops the West by a score, and I'm not kidding when I say this, of 211 to 186. It's the most points that's ever been scored in an all-star game. Many have complained about this format and, and, and the, the, the issues surrounding it from a competitive standpoint and and the issues uh you know hopefully a lot of people trying to bring solutions trying to, to fix the the, the all-star game so that's where we're here to bring you on the eight o'clock spot in the grid we don't just complain about problems we bring solutions so to Perry grant jr first of all if is there anything to be able to fix the all-star game and if so what is it uh, i don't necessarily believe so i think that it's just the all-star games in itself are just broken models nowadays 
Um, you know, you said it very eloquently on your show on Monday that, you know, guys used to use this to enhance their brands. They don't have to do that anymore. You can be in Milwaukee and be a billionaire now. Like you can go anywhere and have your brand because the world has kind of shrunk itself with social media, with the with the with the ability to be able to market yourself from just a device. You don't have to go to a certain situation or a certain area anymore. So the All-Star game that was this big festive thing, it's not really a big deal anymore outside of the celebrities that make it a big deal and spend all this obnoxious amount of money to go there and take pictures and shit. That's the only thing that they literally do it for. What what's what's in it for the fans? To see the to see the players and do that and all that, but what else is there to do? The game in itself is really a moot point. Nobody cares about the game. It's just about being in the atmosphere, being in that situation. So, I don't really know if you want to, if you want me to take a shot at it, put some big money on it, right? It's kind of like when I was going, I was growing up in the park. You would play basketball, but then it got serious when somebody wanted to put money on the line. So, put some big money on the line. Have charities and you know, have it to this charity and this, whatever it is, or just give it to the, I, I don't know. That's probably the only thing that can motivate rich people is more money. So. Well, that's what they did with the in-season tournament is, is the winner for, for the winning team, which happened to be your Lakers got 500 K a piece. Yeah. And make it more, for, make it more like potentially. And obviously for, listen, for guys like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, 500 K, eh, but you know, for the, the fifth guy on the bench, that's, that, that that's a nice little bonus there. And so uh, obviously for the all-star game, you could make it a little more to try and, and match that from a percentage standpoint. But uh, I, I think that's a, a, a great idea. So for that Barry Grant Jr., I'm going to give you a great take 200 points, the max amount uh, to get for this first round. I, I think again, overall your, your take on, which you kind of stole from my take, but that's okay. Uh, about, about the, the sort of credit. You did give me credit. You gave me credit. You, know, you didn't, you didn't no, no trademark issues here. But uh, yeah, it's just the issue with, again, like the, the all-star game in the 90s was a cash cow for Michael Jordan, right? Like you you, you have the new shoe comes out and, and for other guys in the past. And so it, it, the guys, like you said, really don't need it nowadays. So Barry Grant Jr., 200 points uh, here in this first round. To you, EJ Savage, is there anything to be able to fix uh, what we see right now as the all-star game? And if so, what would that be? Yeah, I mean, the only way to fix it is just like Barry said, just put money on it or um, some type of vacation that they can win for the guys, some type of, um, you know, motivator just so that they are able to kind of, you know, obviously not risk injury. It's midseason kind of a thing. You don't want to um, dwindle your hopes of a, a deep playoff run if you're one of those teams like, you know, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum for the Celtics or something like that. But um, at the end of the day, you have to make it more competitive and, um, more viewable for the regular fan and everybody knows that these are the best players on the planet it's not crazy to see cat drop 50 or you know jalen brown go for 30 plus or whoever like we already know that we already know you can score um at high clips we want to see the best of the best the best teams ever assembled together and i know west and east format kind of mucks that up a little bit um, so I would like to see them go back to the old way of just, you know, team captains, draft your team kind of a thing and really go about it. And it doesn't have to be the first three quarters, whatever, you know, if you tell the players like that. But when fourth quarter comes around, we want an actual game. 
Um, and I think it would be cool to see that, you know, five of the best against five of the other best on the court at one time. And you gotta, you gotta get some money involved with it. 500 K, like you mentioned with the in season tournament would be a good, uh, incentivizer, but yeah, just throw some vacation or something that they can win for not only them, but their families as well. I think, uh, that'll go a long ways to helping fix this game. In my opinion, I like the vacation idea. That, that, that's, that's a nice idea. And, and like you said, um, I, and I was shocked. I, I, I was not aware of this. This is totally on me that they had changed also the, the new fourth quarter rules where, where they had instituted five years ago or four years ago to honor Kobe Bryant, the target score of the leader plus 24. I like the, that first game in Chicago, that first all-star mm-hmm. game was like a finals game. The intensity was off the charts. Um, so the fact they got rid of that and just went to the regular time fourth quarter, I thought was, was, was strange. Um, yeah. But not just the compensation standpoint from, from a financial perspective, but the vacation idea, I, I never even thought about that, EJ. So I'm also going to give you a great take because I that that's an out of box idea that I don't I never even considered. So great take for EJ Savage, the vacation, and nobody's going to turn down a good vacation if they get the opportunity. I don't care how rich you are, you get that for free, you will absolutely take it any day of the week. Finally, do you out for Parsar Jr.? Is there anything to be able to fix the All Star game, and if so, what would that be? So I think the biggest problem with the All Star game it's a culture issue. This generation of players. They just don't see the all-star game the same way that guys in the 80s and 90s, early 2000s did. Uh, Anthony Edwards from the Timberwolves was actually quoted yesterday in an interview saying, it's a break. Why would I want to, why would I want to, it's a paid break. Why would I want to go on a break and play a competitive game of basketball? Like the, uh, back in the 80s, Jordan Jordan went out there trying to kill guys <laughs> in, a, in all-star games. Uh, uh, one one thing that comes to mind is when uh, Jordan took that game-winning shot in 2003 over Sean Marion and that defense that Sean Marion played over him. Guys like Kobe, Bird, Magic, they all wanted to win even in an all-star game. So it's a culture issue. I don't think money is the answer because we saw what happened with the in-season tournament. You threw $500,000 a piece to everybody on the roster, and a team that's barely making a play-in spot won the tournament. So I don't think money is a motivator for guys who are already multi-millionaires. Um, I think, you know what a motivated player? Hardware. I think if they came up with something like every guy on the all-star team that wins gets a ring uh, to, to symbolize their win, similar to, to if they won the finals, would probably do something. Everybody likes to put hardware in their uh everybody likes to put hardware in their in their trophy cabinet because you gotta think about it. Money's not a motivator because these guys get incentives just for making the all-star game as well. I don't think you could go the MLB route because we saw what happened with MLB um after 2002 when they said, oh. Um, the winning league is going to get home field advantage in, in the World Series. And you got guys who would never even sniff a World Series playing for that advantage. So that didn't work. Um, yeah, but 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 anytime you say, oh, you've got a chance to get another ring. We saw the in-season tournament didn't really do much in terms of money. But those guys got to hang a banner. And that's always, anytime you say, you, you tell somebody, we have something to commemorate your victory. That's always a motivator. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, too, I, I would argue that with the Lakers tournament is, like you mentioned, the fact that they're in, in a playing spot right now. The Lakers are in ninth place. But, you know, I would argue, again, that brought the best out of the Lakers. Like the Pacers, we do not view the Pacers as one of the two best teams in the NBA. But, listen, they got hot. They brought a certain level of intensity. I mean, I remember that 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 semifinal game with Milwaukee. Like, there was some there was some back and forths, like, from an emotional standpoint with the players. Like, these dudes wanted that. So, and also, too, I think I saw where, and somebody made the joke that the second Chris Paul's in an all-star, they start giving out rings. Guys, I think, are, are actually getting uh, giving out rings now. So, again, guys get rings. So, it's like, that obviously hasn't, you know, done anything. And, and plus, too, I don't think, when we look at a guy's uh, basketball, 
basketball resume is going to uh, be like uh, five-time All-Star champion, you know, uh, Jason Tatum. Like, I don't think that's going to be something that's that's going to be the topic of conversation. So, uh, overall, I'll say an okay take for Alfred. I'll, I'll give you the 50 points here. Okay take. Um, but I, I just think that, again, they've already tried the ring route. I do agree with you, though, in the whole giving home court advantage. I think it's a horrible idea. I think a guy who's in ninth, tenth place, it could be impacting a championship potentially. I think it's a horrible idea, and anybody who suggests it, I, I, I hate that idea. I'm surprised none of you suggest, none of you three suggested this because I think this could potentially work is a North America versus world type of situation because we have just as many all-stars uh, around just as many all-stars from from other countries as we do here in the United States. So you could have Giannis, Jokic, Luka, guys like that against, you know, uh, KD, Steph, LeBron, Tatum, guys like that. So I, I don't I, I don't know. I, I think it's a very clever idea because you did mention that as well on your show. I just don't think that it's going to fix the competition part of it. I think that they'll still do the same shit. And and the games are going to be 250 to, 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 to 200. Like they just don't care about playing hard enough because it's just it's not needed. Nobody nobody's really you know, what I mean, it, it, there's no incentive. Okay. There's nothing behind it. So it's a great yeah. concept. I, I, I like the way it would look, but we're still going to have the same problem. We could. I, I just maybe there's a level of pride. Like maybe may, I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah. uh, overestimating how the players would feel about that. I have no idea. But yeah, uh, we'll see. Our guy uh, AJ Alex Johnson from the Cowboys camp in is in the comments. He says, "What's up, fellas? Shout out from the the land of smiles." Hashtag Thailand. AJ. Hey. Thailand right now. There you go. Shout out to AJ. I don't, I don't, I don't AJ, know. bring me next time, man. <laughs> Anytime sure, AJ's sure. in Thailand, he he stays a very long time. So you know. We'll see. There you go. So shout out to AJ for, for taking the time out to, to, to watch the show and everybody for uh, chiming in the comment section. We'd like to hear your thoughts and your opinions on, on what we are, we're talking about here in the 8 o'clock spot. Let's move on to our second round rules. Everything gets doubled from the first round. Our point totals in general. A great take gives you 400 points. A good take gives you 200 points. An okay take gives you 100 points. And a bad take, you get zero points. Again, you come home empty-handed. Let's move to the NFL for a second. We got a couple Cowboys fans, so this is appropriate. So there was a report recently today by Jordan Schultz, one of the premier insiders in the National Football Football League suggesting that Dak Prescott, who has one year remaining left on a four-year contract, could command up to $60 million per year, which would reset the quarterback market. Joe Burrow right now, I believe, is in belief with around $55 million a year or so. Obviously, guaranteed money is going to come into the fray. The Cowboys cannot franchise tag him. Uh, trading him will be tough because of the one year left on his contract. I believe he's like a $59-ish million cap hit. So uh, the Cowboys either have to extend him and trade him or extend him and keep him. Uh, they're kind of boxed in. Dak and his agent, to their credit, pretty much beat Jerry Jones to the punch in every sense of the word or every sense of the phrase three years ago. So I'll start with you, EJ. Should Dak Prescott reset the quarterback market at around $60 million or something close to that number? I mean, it, it, realistically, yes, because that's just the going market for the quarterbacks. You play good, you get paid um, at the top of the, the market when it's your time to get paid. It happens year after year with different quarterbacks. And two years from now, Dak's not even going to be in the top four. So realistically, you have an MVP type caliber season from Dak Prescott. He's playing. He has that one year left on the deal, a no trade clause on his contract. You cannot franchise tag him with his contract. And like you said, you're paying him 59 million due this year. You have to extend him to have any semblance of building a team around him to make a deep playoff uh, run in the NFC that is kind of weak considering the, the Niners are going to lose some players. The Eagles, there's some uh, questions with Hassan Reddick maybe wanting out, A.J. Brown possibly. Who knows with what happens with that. Um, I mean, the Packers are an up-and-coming team, but at the end of the day, you have to pay your quarterback 
um, you know, the going rate. And for all the the fans that want to say, no, you got to look at what the Kansas City Chiefs have done and the Packers, the Cowboys have already done that. They've got their successor. They they used a fourth round pick to go get Trey Lance. So if the Cowboys experiment with Dak Prescott doesn't work, they have that guy in the building already. So it's not a matter of trading Dak Prescott to get up to the number two pick and tra- take Drake May or something like that. You are kind of boxed in, like you mentioned at the top, um, with this contract. I think that Dak's agent and he, he made this contract perfectly fit what he wanted. It's really a four-year deal, and he's due to get paid another huge contract. And so, yes, you, you just got to um, buckle down, extend him, which gives you the cap relief, um, move around a couple other things, and then go for it again. Yeah, and you and you mentioned obviously the the you know the, the specifics of the contract. Not I didn't mention as well. I forgot to mention that he's got a no trade clause as well. So if they want to ship him to the Carolina Panthers or something, Dak can veto that, and they can't ship him just mm-hmm. anywhere. So again, like you said, Dak holds. Rarely do millionaires hold the, the the leverage over billionaires. That is very rare in this rare instance. Dak Prescott does um, over Jerry Jones. And and one thing I hear too is, well, why doesn't Dak take a discount so they can put the team around him? Folks, Dak Prescott was one of the single cheapest players in the league, the best player in football, given what he was getting paid, given what the Cowboys were getting on his rookie deal, and they weren't aggressive at all. The, the only major splash move they made was Amari Cooper, who himself was on a rookie deal, uh, and even still, they weren't able to keep some players at that free agency period uh, as well. So, uh, EJ Savage, for the specifics of the Dak contract, as well as what the going rate is for quarterbacks, going to give you a great take. I, I just don't think the Cowboys have any other options. If they want to move on from Dak, Again, that they would have to go through with whatever he says in terms of a trade deal, which would they get the necessary compensation. Uh, Dak, Dak's holding their feet to the fire. We'll, we'll see where that ends up, but he's certainly holding the leverage, and he'll get what he wants uh, in the end, so a great take by E.J. Savage. To you, Alfred Parso Jr., should Dak Prescott reset the quarterback market this offseason? I don't think I, I don't think the, the, uh, the question is should he, um, is, if, is if the Cowboys should give him the money, which if – you think about it in the grand scheme of this whole situation, the Cowboys put themselves in this situation because Dak was trying to get an extension for years. I remember the season where he was coming up on his contract. He broke his leg. They franchise tagged him after year after year. So they could have avoided this problem by just simply paying him years years before so that they wouldn't have come up to this, to this issue. Because you got to remember the salary cap is growing exponentially and the market for, for quarterbacks – um, is, is also growing. Um, and, when you, and when you look at the landscape of, of who's available, like you said, uh, he has a no-trade clause, so they can't ship him off. Um, and then if you don't pay him and let his contract expire, who's available to get? Their best option is to give him the money. Um, Dak Prescott is, is a proven uh, quarterback that could get you to the playoffs. Granted, his, uh, his postseason uh, record is not, is not all that impressive, two and five in seven games. But I, I think I think for them to reset the market with him is the route that they're gonna have to go, only because they put themselves in a situation by not paying him prior. Um, again, Dak Prescott may not be the best quarterback in the NFL, but he is far from the worst. So um, I, I think, and like you said, he has the leverage. If they would have just paid him years ago, um, instead of franchise tagging him over and over, they would have saved themselves the trouble. We wouldn't we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Yeah, potentially not, because he would have, do the math, he would have probably signed an extension 
couple of years ago, which would have been for less than what he'd be making now. And so, but and it's the same. The same discussion I think happened with Lamar Jackson last year. It was like, oh, the Ravens are just dragging this out of the franchise tag the year prior where it's like guys the guy of Lamar's stature an MVP winner now two-time MVP winner uh, that's just just going up man Burrow's getting paid Herbert's getting paid Jalen Hurts down the road you may have guys like Trevor Lawrence uh who knows if Caleb Williams hits guys like that down the road like the going rate for quarterbacks is just skyrocketing um you know it's it's either go with Lamar Jackson right now or, or move on. You know, you, the longer you wait, the, the more expensive he's going to be. And the same can be said, obviously, as you mentioned about Dak. So Alfred Parso Jr. going to give you a good take to get you to 200 points here. I think your overall you know, perspective on, uh, again, this is in, in a lot of ways a problem the Cowboys created for themselves. I mean, obviously, Dak and his agent could do what they can in terms of the negotiating process. Ultimately, Jerry Jones, the Cowboys front office, has to agree to, to the terms of contract. And like you said, for years, they just couldn't. And, and for some reason, they just caved uh, at, the end, at the end in 2021, really, because they didn't have any other options. So good take by Alfred Parso Jr. Finally, to Barry Grant Jr., should Dak Prescott reset the market for quarterbacks this offseason? As much as I hate Dak Prescott and as much as I am critical of that quarterback, I hate to use his name, Yes, he should, because there is no other option. I mean, you know, EJ said it very eloquently that this is what quarterbacks do. The next man up. Guys are always going to be higher, higher, higher. The cap is going up, all of this stuff. It's kind of like having to kiss that ugly girl when you don't have anywhere to go in your dorm room because you don't have a room and she has a nice bed there. And you're like, I, I just got to bite the bullet. That's what Jerry Jones literally has to do. There is no other option here. He can't go elsewhere. You're not going to turn the 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 the, uh, the team over to, to some other quarterback. It's Dak's team. It's going to help the cap go down. You sign back C.D. Lamb. It's going to help the cap go down as well so you can be able to have some money to sign Micah and everybody else, right? So we all know that this is just a, tr a strategic plan for how the Cowboys have to go ahead and, and structure the cap. After he gets the bag and whatever he makes, then if he wants to go back to Jerry to give back some bread and turning into a signing bonus, it happens all the time. So, you know, there's outrage. Obviously, when you hear the big number that he's going to hit every year, you know, that that's that $60 million. But at some point, somebody's going to hit it. Somebody's going to get to 65. Somebody get to 70. Somebody, It's just always going to keep going up. So it's just the outrage for right now. But at the end of the day, it's the necessary outrage that the Dallas Cowboys have to put themselves into. I think it makes it mention an interesting point that, you know, again, the, everybody freaked out. Oh my gosh, Dak Prescott, $40 million a year when that was kind of the going rate for quarterbacks at the time. And again, a couple years later, 2022, 2023, it's like, well, that's, you know, given what Dak's, I mean, at, at that point, I think coming into last season, Dak was about the ninth highest paid quarterback. Right. That's about more or less where he is ranked among quarterbacks in the NFL. He's getting like Daniel Jones money right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, now, now Daniel Jones way overpaid, but yeah, like you said, that's exactly that's that's kind of the the, the situation the Cowboys are in, and six, like you said, sixty million dollars is is gonna look like I wouldn't say peanuts, but again, it's gonna be fringe top ten um, in just a couple of years. So Barry Grant Jr., great take. I, I I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I was going to bring that up after you were done. That again, everybody freaks out at the money these guys are getting, and ultimately that the price just keeps going up, and eventually these teams are like, you know what, you know, probably made the right investment. It was all said and done. Let's look at the comments uh, up in here. Uh, AJ says increasing cap space, most important part of an NFL team. And when he signed his last contract, same reaction, but it actually worked out. He's a reasonably paid quarterback after other quarterbacks, uh, signed, uh, uh, Mike Picasso, uh, Mike put this, uh, up here, Mike Picasso, hot button topic for Barry LMAO hashtag Dak. Yes. I, and, and, and you know what? Shout out to you, Barry great junior. I, I knew that this is gonna be tough for you. I didn't know where you were going to go. 
but you, it, was, it was a reasonable take. You were able to to see the business side of it instead of just your your clear bias against Dak Prescott. Uh, you, you, shout out to you for that. And AJ says uh, Daniel Jones money had me LOLing. Yeah, that's uh, that really puts in perspective right there. Uh, the Giants are. And what the heck were they doing there? Uh, all right, let's move on to our third round rules uh, real quick. Again, everything gets doubled from the second round. A great take gives you 800 points. A good take gives you 400 points. An okay take gives you 200 points. And a bad take, zero points right there. Let's transition back to the NBA and the king himself, LeBron James of the Los Angeles Lakers, who recently, before an All-Star game in an interview, uh, said that he would like to finish his career with the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, LeBron is in year 21. He's 39 years of age. Uh, you wouldn't know him by how he's playing. He's averaging 25 a game on over 50% shooting and is still, at least in my mind, a top five player. In most people's minds, a top 10 player uh, in the NBA, as productive as anybody. Uh, but the question, I'll start with you, Alfred. Uh, do you think LeBron, because he'll have plenty of suitors if he were to decide to lead the Lakers, to lead the Lakers, do you think LeBron James will finish his NBA career as a Los Angeles Laker? I think I think uh, he probably will for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, um, we saw with uh, Sp the Space Jam reboot, LeBron's in Hollywood now, so he's already, he's already in L.A. Hollywood is just a is just a walk down the road. Um, so if he ever wanted to do any more movies or perhaps a TV show or just anything involving um, TV or film, he's in the right market to do so. Um, number two, um, a player like LeBron, at this point, he has to be on a big market team. I can't see him going to the Knicks or or, or any other big market team. So I I, I think. I think L.A., specifically the Lakers, is the best fit for him. And then also, if LeBron were to leave and go somewhere else, anywhere LeBron goes, he has to be the guy. Um, especially with the way he's playing, he's clearly the guy on the Lakers because uh, Anthony Davis is a, is a second. But I don't think LeBron would ever, you know, go to, go to another, another team and assume the number two role, especially – like you mentioned, the guy is still playing. He's still putting up number one guy or number one option numbers. So I, I think he's going to finish his career um, as a Laker. Um, I'm pretty sure, like I said, with, with, with Hollywood going in, um, his family is already well, well situated uh, in LA as well with Bronny going to USC. I think for as long as Bronny stays at USC, he wants to be close. Um, he did go to that first game that Bronny played in. So um I think all the all the cards say that he's going to stay a Laker. I, I can't see him going anywhere else, especially uh, to a to a team in a small market. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Lebr I don't think LeBron's the type of guy who would just really. Fit. I mean, because you see LeBron going to just in a hypothetical world, the Trailblazers or the the Bucks or something like this, just wouldn't feel right. Like even Cleveland isn't L.A. or New York, but it, Cleveland is a you know it, it's a big city. It's you know rock and roll all that. And I think you hit on a great point that, I mean, LeBron's net worth since he went to L.A. in 2018 has doubled. He's become a billionaire in that time. Obviously, production company, Space Jam, uh, Hollywood, the whole bit. Uh, that is the single best place to go if you are a rich, successful person in the entertainment or sports industry. And obviously, LeBron is about as successful as you could possibly get uh, in that. So, Alfred, I'm going to give you a good take. Gets you to 650 points. I think you're, you hit on a lot of great points regarding you know his, his overall brand in Los Angeles. And, and again, too, like, I don't know about the future of the Lakers in terms of management, in terms of Anthony Davis's health. He's been excellent this season. Um, but in general, certainly for this season, I, I do. I don't care if they're the ninth. I still do see them as a championship contender uh, right now, especially if LeBron continues to do what he's been doing. So a good take by Alfred to get him uh, right now in the lead with 650 points. Do you, Barry Grant Jr., do you think LeBron James finishes his career as a Los Angeles Laker? Yeah, I do. And the reason why I say yes, it has nothing to do with the competitive side of LeBron James. 
I think at some point, LeBron is looking at it like, okay, I'm comfortable here. My family is comfortable here. I love the organization that I play for. They make me comfortable. They make me happy. I love being a Laker. At some point, it's like, yeah, I, I want to win, but do I want to jump around from team to team just to chase another ring or two? Like, how much time do I have left? At some point, you got to look at yourself and say, what is more important for me, ring chasing or just creating a legacy where I am, right? That's the same thing with Steph. Can you imagine Steph Curry being on another team? He probably would have the desire if the Golden State Warriors start to decline really, really bad, but he's a Golden State Warrior, and he's going to stick it out until the very end. That's just the way he is. That's the way he's built. That's the way he saw Kobe and those guys do it, right? Kobe could have left as well. He stayed, and I think that's where LeBron James is in his career is that he's 39 years old. At what point do we have to stop looking at him like, He's this grand poobah of wanting to only win a championship. He's comfortable. There's there's a lot to say about just being comfortable as a basketball player in a market that's still trying to be competitive. It's not that it's not that the Lakers are trying to roll over and play dead. They're still trying to be competitive year in and year out and trying to put a team on the field or on the court that actually can be able to compete for him and with him. So what else can you ask for? Organization and management that you get along with. Your family loves it there. Your kid goes to USC. You have your business stuff that, that that's booming right there. There's no reason to really leave. So I can understand why he would publicly say that. Yeah, and I, I think too, like with it's worth mentioning sort of to, to what you were alluding to. This is LeBron's longest stint. Um yeah. I I believe because you no, know, it's yeah, second. No, it's, oh, second longest stint because it's set yeah. first seven years in Cleveland, four years in Miami, yeah. four years in Cleveland, now six years uh, now at the Lakers. And and obviously right. he could be a free agent this summer. Uh, he would have plenty of suitors. I think my Warriors, the Sixers, the Knicks, there'd be plenty of teams that'd be uh, lining up to sign him. To sign him. But uh, like you said, like from a business perspective, and again, if the Lakers were hot garbage, maybe you'd feel a, day, a little different. They were 10 games under 500, like in a similar spot where they were last year before all the deals right. of the deadline. It'd be like, eh. You know what? What good does it really serve LeBron at this point? He is, you know, very rich after all. But I think in general, he, like you said, his, his comfort in LA, I think, is is far greater uh, than it is in, in any other destination uh, thus far in his career, uh, even in Cleveland, which he spent a grand total of eleven years in. So Barry, gonna give you a good take, get you to a thousand points and the lead uh, right now, because like you said, I think he hit on a lot of great points regarding his how how he feels in LA, and um, yeah, I, I would not be shocked at all if if we get the news this summer that he's going to uh, continue to stay in the purple and gold. Finally, with you, EJ Savage, I know you're a Celtics. Fan, so I know you're a big Lakers guy uh, for sure because of that. Um, but uh, do you see LeBron James finishing his career as a Laker or any of the other 29 teams potentially? Yeah, I mean, realistically, these guys hit on it. I think that he will end up being a Laker uh, for the remainder of his career. He's done all the ring chasing, he's won on three separate teams, a ring for three separate teams. You know, he's been around. Um, uh, as far as the greatness of basketball, he's done everything he can do um, realistically and moving to a different team or a different franchise just to be a sidekick on a championship team really doesn't help his legacy all that much. Now, there is the caveat, does he want to play with his son? And that's the biggest thing for me is because he's been on record to say he does want to play with his son uh, to some capacity in the NBA. And, um, you know, who knows? Obviously, Bronny hasn't had the greatest season at USC. Um, doubt that he comes out this year. And then he has the heart condition. So who knows if he um, 
you know, passes the medicals and stuff like that during the NBA draft and whatnot. Um, but that's really the only scenario where I see him ever moving from LA to go to another team. And even at that, it's, it's, it's tough press to even say that that's going to be a, um, a deal that happens, but I will, I know I do want to throw it out there because he's been on record to say he definitely wants to play with Bronny. Um, Bryce is obviously a little bit younger, but he still has those numbers to compete in today's NBA. He's still putting up those great numbers and it's, you know, unless he shows significant signs of slowing down, he's going to gain, um, a lot of interest from other teams. And it's just, if they can put together the deal to lure him away from an LA market. Um, but overall I do agree with these two guys. LA is probably the the resting place for his career by the time that he calls it quits. No question. And again, a, a lot of guys. That's I mean, that's really the the prime. I hate to say it as a Warriors fan, but that no no organizations have more great players than the Lakers. Kobe, Shaq. I mean, Tim. Uh, not Tim Duncan. Um, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, LeBron. You can just go back further and further. Magic. Um, and so I think yeah, that's uh, that would also kind of I, I think not necessarily be like good for his legacy, but I think good for him internally. Like you know, after all the accomplished, I get to retire a Laker, one of the most uh, you know pristine organizations in all sports. I think that does factor as well. I will say, well, let me go and put up your point total, EJ. I'm gonna give you a uh, good take if I can pull this up here. Uh, that's Barry's. Uh, gonna give you a good take to tie you with Barry at the top with a thousand points. Uh, because I, again, I do think that there is you know a lot of uh, he he is he is comfortable in Los Angeles. He does feel like this is you know, his best opportunity to compete for championships potentially while maintaining, you know, uh, family staying in that area. I will say, you mentioned the caveat of him playing at the Sun. I think that's possible. I think something that, and it it it's probably doesn't happen within the next five years, which is LeBron probably won't go that long, but in the, in the event, just hypothetically, that Vegas got their team while he was still playing. In that mm. instance, he might consider it. Like where he could be the, an owner player in the same way, like like Jordan was in Washington, like that. That's the only way I could see him leaving is if he decided to go to a potential Vegas team, which we know they're gonna um, get eventually. Alberto P in the comments, just keep Braun out of New York. <laughs> just just keep LeBron James out of New York. It's, it's uh, listen, listen. That's LeBron the next though. LeBron Madison Square Garden. That that would be that would be something. It's a big that, market. That, that would be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It does. Yeah, that's the only one comparable. He that would hates so. LeBron, so he would never want that. Ah, oh, it's it, there. You go. It's it's just. It, it, we could throw it out there. It, it's potential. The Knicks are trending in the right direction. There's no question about that. And I never thought I'd be saying those words in a quite some time. So our fourth round rules again, the final round with all three uh, contestants. Again, the top two point getters advanced to the final round. Let's put up our fourth round rules real quick. A great take gives you 1,600 points. A good take gives you 800. An okay take gives you 400. And a bad take again, zero points. Transitioning back to the NFL to another quarterback, uh, one who is far more likely than the one we talked about uh, previously, Dak Prescott, to be with a new team in 2024. Russell Wilson, there's a lot of uh, situ situations regarding his contract. Is he going to stay in Denver? Do the Broncos trade him? Do they release him? Uh, I highly doubt he gets traded. I don't think anybody's going to want to take on that contract. We'll see what happens in regards to that. But there's other potential suitors other than the Broncos uh, who could keep him. Again, it it's worth mentioning that. But the Falcons... Please God, don't let this happen. The Steelers are our are, are potential, uh, you know, signing destination for for Russell Wilson. I, I hope and pray to God my team doesn't make that decision. Although I will say I prefer him over Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. I, I I would if that's what it comes down to, then that's what it comes down to. I just wish we draft a guy. But the point is, I'll I'll start with you, Barry Grant Jr. Where do you think Russell Wilson's most likely landing spot is? Oh man, this is this is one of the the hardest. Um things to kind of put your finger on because you have to look at the quarterback position as how we normally look at it. It's a leadership role, right? Russell Wilson, 
doesn't really check that box. He used to be a very good athletic quarterback that can be able to use his legs, big arm, be able to throw it downfield. But when those things start to dissipate and they start to decrease as, as he gets older, you're not getting the leadership that follows that. So who's actually going to sign up for that, even in, on a short-term situation? I think Kirk Cousins has more value than Russell Wilson right now to a lot of football teams. So ideally, it's really, really hard to choose one. If, if I would have to choose one gun to my head, I, I would say that I think the Pittsburgh Steelers should take a chance because it's better than what they have, right? It's better than what they have. It's better than what can potentially be around the corner for them in the draft or whatever it is. You have guys like George Pickens, um, you know, Johnson on the outside. A Russell Wilson can get those guys involved and really make them better than what they are right now. I'm not saying that he's going to be a world beater quarterback, but you have Mike Tomlin as the face and the leader of your franchise. You don't need Russell Wilson to be that. He just needs to come in and play the position a certain way and be able to get them over a hump that they haven't been able to get over in regards to just being able to have a decent offense, not a you know a high-flying offense or whatever it is, just a decent, serviceable offense to go with that really, really uh, you know vaunting defense that they have. So I think ideally, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers would be the ideal fit, but there really is no ideal fit when you look around the league for Russell Wilson. Yeah, and I, I think with, like you said about you know, my Steelers having a, a decent offense, I believe, I, I remember doing a segment about this on my show, you know, weeks ago, months ago, where since 2017, so basically in the gap that the Steelers have not won a playoff game, which the last time they did, that was 2016, they have like the 23rd ranked offense in football. And I saw this stat, and it almost made me throw up in my mouth yesterday on my show. Since Big Ben retired, the Steelers are dead last in touchdown passes. The freaking Jets have more touchdown passes. The Panthers have more touchdown passes than the Steelers. That can't happen. That's, I mean, but listen, when you have guys like Trubisky, Pickett, Rudolph's a nice backup. He's not the future. That's, and with those weapons, like you mentioned, Pick, uh, Pickens, Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, Pratt Firemuth, uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, that's, that, 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 that can't happen. And, and maybe Russ could sure, uh, sure things up potentially in the short term and, I really hope it doesn't happen, but I thought you made a great case bear. I'm going to give you a great take. Yes, you to 2,600 points, and basically all but guarantee you're going to the final round, so congratulations in advance. Um, yeah, I, I think, like I, like you said, it's I mean, it's it's hard to, to not do much. It's hard to do uh, worse than, than what you have now with what the Steelers have now, so I'll take him if that's if that's the app, the last you know option, but eh, okay. it's tough. It's, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be exactly be expecting Lombardi's if that happened. Uh, right. To you, EJ Savage, where do you think the ideal landing spot, the most realistic, rather landing destination, would be for Mr. Russell Wilson? Yeah, I think that um, it's really going to come down to the draft and how it falls. New England is uh, they're at the third pick. Um, they're a team that likes people that are professional. Uh, Russell Wilson's one of those guys that come in and he's professional with stuff. Obviously, he's, you know, uh, Mr. Unlimited. Um, but, you know, it, it, that's an option. Do they go with a um, high upside player in the draft like a Daniels out of LSU? Or do they opt to go with a veteran like a Russell Wilson, get him a, a big weapon in Marvis Har Marvin Harrison Jr.? Or do you look at a potential pairing with a you know Carolina Panthers? Do they see enough from Bryce Young to want to continue that? He's another smaller guy coming out of college. Can he learn from Russell Wilson and eventually allow him to be there? But my real pick here 
is going to be the Oakland or Oakland Raiders, uh, Vegas Raiders, um, because uh, just and, and I kind of look at it as a similar kind of a thing to the Washington and the Eagles when Donovan McNabb switched ships. I just don't see they're in like the no man's land for quarterback territory in the draft. I don't think that they're going to get one of those three big guys up at the top. So do you reach for a Bo Nix or a Michael Penix Jr. or a J.J. McCarthy? I don't think any of those guys are really worthy of a first round pick. So for that reason, I would probably look for uh, the Raiders to make a move on Russell Wilson, pairing him with some of the weapons they have there and Devontae Adams. Uh, hopefully they can re-sign Josh Jacobs, but they have a team and they have a really, a really good coach that wants to win and gets those guys motivated so that's my big spot to watch out for and i know it's interdivision but um it, it's one of those things kind of like the donovan McNabb going to the washington uh, redskins at the time commanders now um after jumping ship from the eagles so um that's my location to watch for but it really is uh hinging upon what new england does at three in my opinion that's really interesting. And the Steelers are, in terms of their roster contract, is very similar to uh, the, the, the Raiders, similar to the Steelers, in that you have a defensive head coach who, I mean, the Raiders were a joke on defense for a good decade plus. And, you know, you, you have a guy in, in, in Antonio Pierce who comes in, the defense is, is top 10 is the there, stretch. And Are you guys getting that feedback? Yeah, there's like a. Uh, is, is it Be, I think I think maybe that was coming from Barry. Hit, hit mute on your, on your no, mic, Barry. I think that was uh, I think that was my thing. I, th I think I had some issues uh, coming back. Oh, okay, okay. I was, yeah, I think I was repeating for something was going on. But no, what I was saying is is that I think Antonio Pierce, uh, you know, came in. He sure up the defense. They were a joke for a decade. He fixes them. Max Crosby, all those guys on that side. Listen, Aiden O'Connell's a nice player. I don't really know what he's going to be. He was just a rookie last year. But the Raiders were completely reliant on the running game. Like just the, 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 listen, Aiden O'Connell was the very definition of a game manager. Just don't mess it up. Get the ball to our playmakers. Let Josh Jacobs run the football. And so I think Russell Wilson would be a guy to come in. He stays within division. Uh, he, he knows it well. And, and it's potentially, I don't, I don't know if I'd have playoff expectations, but they'd be a team that could be on the fringes. Uh, no question about that. And he'd certainly have the defense to, to back him up. So Vegas is an interesting option. EJ Savage going to give you a good take to get you to 1,800 points in second place right now with Alfred to come. I, I just think that, you know, it, again, it's very similar to Pittsburgh in the way that, listen, Russell's a better, listen, for all criticism of Russ, he's a better option than Aiden O'Connell, certainly in the mm -hmm. here and now. So uh, that could potentially work with a good defense uh, to back him up. Finally, with you, Alfred Parsler Jr., where do you think Russell Wilson is going to end up? Where's the ideal landing spot for uh, Mr. Unlimited? So you got to take a couple of things into account. Uh, first being, he's not definitely not going to stay in Denver because if I was Russell Wilson, I'd feel disrespected. We're in the middle of fighting for a wild card playoff spot and you bench me because I didn't want to sign an extension? Like, what is that? What? what why Why do we not try to make the playoffs? Put me out there because I give us the best I – mean, I put us in the best position to win, and, and you bench me and we, we give up the rest of the season after we fought back in the standings to, to make it to play viable football in the last couple of weeks. But um, as far as where he's going to land, people got to remember, this Russell Wilson that's on the Denver Broncos, it's not the same Russell Wilson that won a Super Bowl in Seattle. Uh, Russell Wilson, on the, I think he's in the twilight of his career. Um, safe to say he'll maybe have five years, five good years left, and that's even stretching it. Um, I think he's going to go to the Raiders, and the best, the, the reason why I think the Raiders is the best uh, place for him. Number one, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo just got suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. He's probably going to get shipped out at some point. Um, because he's he's fallen out of favor with the front office. As you said, Aiden O'Connell, um, rookie last year. But I don't really think Aiden O'Connell is – he was only the starter last year because they had no no other option. 
he's not a guy that they're going to try to groom and develop to, to, to be their quarterback of the future. I, I just don't see it. But and then you also got to think there's a talented wide receiver core in in uh in I was going to say Oakland in Vegas anyway. I mean, you got Devontae Adams, who uh, prior to going to uh, to Vegas, top five in the league almost every year. They still have Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro. That's a serviceable wide receiver unit. Why not get them a decent quarterback with some experience who's, who knows what it takes to get to a Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl? And then, of course, you got Antonio Pierce, who uh, was interim head coach last year. This is going to be his first season as the actual regular um, official head coach. And he's the type of guy we, we saw what tell. we saw what effect uh, Antonio Pierce had on his players last season. He's a guy that players want to go out and win for. He's a motivator. And I think that he could give Russell Wilson uh, the boost to at least right. uh, finish his career on a, on a respectable note. He could. And, and like you said, again, the same thing I was saying to EJ, I, I think that there is a, a fit there that is, again, is sort of comparable to, to Pittsburgh in the sense that, again, good defense to back him up. It's not going to be a team that asks him to, to be their savior. Like Atlanta is a team, like I, I'm surprised none of you brought up Atlanta. And, and I agree. I don't think that'd be a good destination for him at all because, again, very young team. I don't know if – it's going to sound me, but I don't think Russell is necessarily the veteran presence you necessarily want to bring in the building. Uh, and, and obviously, the defense was fine. It was better than usual last year. Uh, at the same time, it's not as good as Vegas' defense. It's darn sure isn't as good as Pittsburgh's defense. Um, and so I don't think that that would necessarily work. And again, good running game in Vegas, so that could work. So I'm going to give Alfred a good take. So a good take and a solid performance by the defending champion. But Alfred, unfortunately, my my friend, you are not moving on to the final round. You're not going to be able to, to defend your title. But... You move up uh, in terms of your point total in the standings. We'll see if Barry surpasses you or EJ gets his very first t- championship. So we will talk to Alfred at the end of the show. Uh, sorry that it didn't work out for you, my man. It just is just not one of those days for Alfred. It, it, it's, it's Listen, you win some and you lose some. Uh, AJ says Jets. No, there's no way the Jets happens. Uh, and, and Aaron Rod- Can you imagine, though, just hypothetically an Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson quarterback room? Uh, there's some uh, – you want some of the headlines come out of that. My goodness. You, you, you would have – man. Yeah. Pat McAfee show would be fillable stories. Let's just put it that way. It'd be, it'd be very interesting. All right, let's look at our final mm-hmm. round rules. Okay, so this is uh, this is this is all the money on the line. This is the great equalizer of the eight o'clock spot tournament. The winner gets ten thousand points. The loser they come home empty-handed, zero points. It's winner winner go home, winner take all uh, tonight. So Matt McClung won his second straight dunk contest. Goes back to back. You see that dunk right there uh, if you're listening or if you're watching on YouTube where he dunked over Shaq. Uh, I, I saw what Shannon Sharp said in first take. Like obviously they're going to give it to Matt McClung dunking over Shaq as opposed to to Jalen Brown uh, uh, dunking on uh, Kai Kai Kikesnet. I think is how you say his name. Uh, not sure what, what Jalen was 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 thinking there. Uh, but listen, the dunk contest has not been great as of late. Mac has been a, a bright spot, but in general you haven't had a whole lot of star power you have a whole had a whole lot of big name guys participate uh in general in the dunk contest so i'll start with you barry among current players what would be your ideal dunk contest what would you think would work for all-star weekend and give us the best performance possible oh man uh that's that's a tough one obviously you know shaden sharp sharp i think is he, he has to be in there that kid's a freak uh i would put um I, I like Jonathan Kaminga. He's a he's a very good in-game dunker. He's very athletic. Um, but that's the thing, though. Like, there's not a lot of guys that are con- like contestant dunkers, right? Vince Carter was kind of like the last of his kind to be able to be an in-game dunker as well as a flashy dunker. You don't really have guys like that anymore, right? So you know everybody thought that Jalen Brown would do good and he didn't 
because it's just about creativity. And some guys just don't have that. But if you're just going off of athleticism alone, Jaden Sharp, Kaminga, I'd like to see Anthony Edwards probably get in there because he's so athletic. Um, and th that'd probably be my three. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that would be it for me. No John Morant? That, that another thing it's like I, I don't he yes he dunks violent in games but I, I don't necessarily believe that 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 translates into like slam dunk contest maybe Zion maybe put Zion there oh. you know maybe Zion will probably be a good fit with those with those other three because you know you got athletic guys that you know they might not be creative but at least they they might just dunk the ball hard and and, and that counts in the dunk contest as well too I do love your Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, tag. I, th I think listen, as, as a Warriors fan, that the guy is just an insane athlete. So that, yeah. that would be that'd be really fun. Listen, I'll say this. I think you, you mentioned the creativity not being there. I think Blake Griffin messed up the dunk contest when he dunked over that car. Like oh, everybody's yeah. now just trying to jump over stuff. Sha Shaq has brought out every single dunk contest. It's, it's like it's like a uh, like again. Hey, if I could if I can dunk over Shaq, if somebody brings out Wimby and dunks over him, maybe I'll be more impressed. But if it's Shaq every mm. year, I'm like I've already seen him, uh, you know ten guys, uh, ten other guys do that. So. Right. Uh, it, it, it's lost. It's like you said, lack of creativity. It's lost creativity. To you, AJ, though, what would be our ideal dunk contest among current players to maybe fix this uh, this issue that we got going out uh, going on right now with the dunk contest? For me, I'd bring back um, some former champions. Uh, Aaron Gordon comes to mind. Zach Levine. Uh, both of those dudes, or I guess Aaron Gordon didn't win it, but um, he's a straight dog as far as dunks go. Um, you mentioned a John Morant, just super violent, has bounce out of the gym type athleticism. I would love to see, I mean, we've seen Kobe Bryant, we've seen Michael Jordan. Why not see an LBJ in the dunk contest here? That would be a cool career accolade that you could possibly get that does go to your legacy, in my opinion, that those other guys have over you. Um, so I would love to see an LBJ. Um, and then the last kind of guy I I'm just off the top is like a Donovan Mitchell, maybe a former champion as well, um, has some bounce and, uh, creativity is, is, you know, he has some creative dunks whenever he won as well. So, um, so those guys, I think, you know, just getting the most athletic players on in the dunk contest and really telling them, yo, we're looking for creativity, things that have never been done uh, prior to and allowing them to kind of brainstorm with their teammates and other stuff like that. I really like whenever they bring in the mascots, like Aaron Gordon was so good with bringing in the mascot. Um, so yeah, bring in the mascots more instead of Shaq, uh, figure those things out. But I think it could be a really exciting thing. Cause I mean, Mac McClung, yes, he's super athletic and he's, he's cool, but like, bringing him up on 10 day contracts and stuff like that, just so he can compete in that competition is meh. You know, I want to see the big stars and in particularly LeBron James, just because Kobe and MJ both did it. Um, and they both won it too, I believe. So, yeah, that would be interesting. No question. And I, I listen, just can I say two things regarding LeBron since you brought him up? Uh, first of all, the fact that you are even posing LeBron being in a dunk contest in year 21 at almost 40 years old is just, it speaks to the greatness of, of LeBron. I know Jordan fans are going to hate me for that, but like that is just insane. And the second thing is, and I love Stephen A. Smith, but that take yesterday, Stephen A. about how LeBron messed Click up the bait. dunk contest and not could be, that's crazy. That's, yeah, clickbait. That, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. All right, LeBron didn't mess up the dunk contest, but not. Don't nobody want to see his old ass dunk right now. I love him, but he need to see his old ass right where I he's would at. tune in. All-star. No, yeah, it would actually bring eyes to the event finally. Yeah, and like I said, like I said, it's an actual accolade that he could get that would actually 
be on his resume that he doesn't have already as a dunk championship, unlike Kobe, unlike MJ. So that's why I'd like to see it. It'd be interesting. I do see a comment by Christopher Jones. Got to bring Gerald Green back with the cupcake dunk. That, that, now that was cool. That was was fire. The blowout. Yes, yeah, he blew the candle. Out too. That's right, yeah. exactly. That was, that was fantastic. Both y'all made fantastic cases. Both y'all made it tough. I mean, I, I love when we get a final round with two great takes. If, if this were a regular round, both of y'all would get uh, the maximum amount of points for the round. But there can be only one champion of the 8 o'clock spot. And the winner, as we dial up the victory music of the 8 o'clock spot, is EJ Savage getting his first time yeah. in the 8 o'clock spot. Congratulations, EJ. If you do have the background music, there we go. I feel like Rocky right now, man. I'm pumped. There you go. Let's go. Your reaction, Getting up DJ. there. Man, um, truthfully, this was a spur of the moment kind of thing, get, jumping on the 8 o'clock spot tonight because uh, I did it last week. So um, a good decision by me, you could say, for jumping on here, getting up the leaderboards, uh, starting to, to create my Hall of Fame case. I feel like I'm about to get a gold jacket, man. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited to, to finally get my first dub on the eight o'clock spot. Some great competitors with Alfred and Barry. Um, and I appreciate the host as well for, for giving, you know, my side of the case, the, the gold medal, I'll stand up on the podium and take it happily. Of course. Absolutely. I see, I see our guy, uh, a, uh, AJ in the comments. He says, Oh snap, EJ, great show boys. Appreciate you, AJ. And, and obviously giving EJ the shout out. I'll, I'll bring uh, Alfred back into the mix. Cause I always ask, uh, the, the runner up will ask very first since he was the runner up. Uh, listen, I know you're a multi-time champion, made your return tonight, but alas, you fell just short, uh, your reaction to, to my verdict. Listen, that's just the way it goes, man. You win some, you lose some EJ brought the, brought the heat, uh, you know, especially in the final round, man. You know, once once you put LeBron James's name out there, that 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 sparks the interest immediately. So, you know, he has some good points there in regards to um, you know, who he wanted there. But like I said, man, he uh he had a he had a good showing all around. All rounds were were solid, man. I respect respect EJ's points. Alfred, not so much, but uh, but 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 EJ definitely brought brought the heat back. For sure, for sure. Alfred, did I make the correct decision? I always ask uh, the people who didn't make the final round, did I make the correct decision here? Uh, you you absolutely made the correct decision. A guy who wears sunglasses indoors at nighttime should not, <laughs> should not win. So congrats to EJ for his first win. And uh, anybody who's on this show and Barry's on, as long as Barry doesn't win, I'm okay with the other win. Listen, don't hate on the man's brand, okay? That's, a, listen, that's Listen, I remain in second place all time. That's all I care about. That is true. That is true. That's for for the moment. You do maintain the second place spot uh, on the eight o'clock spot. So uh, all three competitors brought a great performance tonight. Shout out to all three of you: Barry Grant Jr., Alfred Parsar Jr., EJ Savage, the champion this week on the eight o'clock spot. And that is all we got for y'all tonight. Be sure to tune in next week, next Tuesday at eight p.m. Eastern, five p.m. Pacific time, live on the Grid Network's YouTube channel and Twitter account. Be sure to check out all of our content on the Grid, all of our social media platforms: Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, TikTok, YouTube, the whole bit. Check out all of our creators. Check out our website patrick brown writing some fire articles for the uh for that uh again great stuff from all three of our competitors congrats to ej for winning it this week we will see y'all next tuesday stay safe out there god bless y'all peace out peace